Welcome to Party Like a Marketer, the podcast dedicated to cannabis marketing, public relations, and authentic storytelling. I'm your host, Lisa Buffo, the founder and CEO of the Cannabis Marketing Association. You can connect with me on Instagram at LeeBuff and Twitter at LeeBuff21. Send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Today's conversation features Rick Bashkoff, the Senior Vice President at Lucid Green. Rick is an experienced startup executive who has worked in or invested in some of the most innovative sectors of media, entertainment, and technology. Rick brings the knowledge base to the cannabis industry as the head of our marketing platform, Lucid Connect. Okay, welcome everybody to today's episode of Party Like a Marketer, the podcast dedicated to cannabis marketing, authentic storytelling, and cannabis PR. Today's guest is Rick Bashkoff, the Senior Vice President of Strategy and General Manager of Consumer Platforms at Lucid Green. Rick, thank you so much for being here today. Could you tell our guests a little bit about who you are, your background, you know, what, what brought you to cannabis, what brought you to Lucid Green, and a bit about Lucid Green and what the company does? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having us, Lisa. We, we appreciate it. Um, so I, I've actually been in cannabis for about three years now. Um, I started off um, about six years ago as just, you know, a hobbyist and interested on the investing side. Um, and so thought it was a great way to learn about the market and decide if it was something I was interested in. And uh, long story short, about six months into that, I was uh, I found myself waking up in the morning rushing to read cannabis information as opposed to uh, my previous uh, career, which was in media and technology. Uh, mainly in the startup space. I actually started at uh, one of the major record labels, Warner Music Group, um, running uh, digital video, uh, and then moved over to startup when I was in my late 20s and haven't stopped. That's really where I've spent most of my career. So I'm kind of a, a typical startup executive. I do a lot of different things, um, but my focus area has been mainly in business development, um, you know, GMing business business units, um, and, uh, and mostly uh, for the, for the, better part of my career been just super focused on technology. Um, just a, a, a pretty, um, uh, pretty natural interest for me. I've always kind of been into it. Um, and same with cannabis. And so I've been a, a cannabis user for quite some time. Um, and never really thought that career would take me in this direction. But like I said, when I started looking at companies and learning more, I kind of, I kind of showed up in 2016 and felt like I like almost missed the party. I, I, I didn't really, um, realized that there was already so much happening in the medical space and um, was completely naive on the power of the plant and, and all of that. So it took a few years for me to kind of catch up on all that, but um, you know, made the jump at the end of 2017 and um, spent some time at a VC firm, spent some time consulting and ultimately got connected to Lucid Green um, through some of the investing circles that I was in and uh, just really was very impressed with the platform. Um, so what Lucid Green does is we're a software platform that solves both supply chain um, uh, challenges as well as an entire consumer marketing platform for brands specifically to speak directly to consumers. And so I, I thought it was unique in that the technology touches all areas of the supply chain. Um, so everything from producers, distributors, retailers, we we add value all along the supply chain. And then ultimately, the area that that I've been focused on uh, up until recently um, exclusively has been on the consumer marketing piece. And, um, you know, I, I've spent most of my time at the intersection of, of media and tech. And so 
having the opportunity to work with cannabis brands every single day, just trying to help them figure out how to connect with their consumers was ultimately just, you know, too sweet of a gig. And so when, when I got the opportunity to join, I, I definitely jumped at it. Um, and, and, you know, look how I, how I got to cannabis is like I said before, just the, 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 the natural passion just kind of brought me here. Um, I feel, I feel pretty fortunate to be working in a, in a space that um, is so new and um, you know, the, the people that I've met in the space thus far have been, have been great. So I'm happy to be in the space. And where, where did you grow up and where do you live now? Tell us a little bit about where you're from. So I'm from upstate New York, uh, just outside of Saratoga. For those who don't know, it's big kind of summer, uh, summer destination, horse track, um, all types of cool things for kids. But uh, yeah, I was I was definitely uh, uh, an upstate New York uh, kid. I uh, went to school in Maryland, uh, took my first job in Miami and then moved to New York City. And I, I've been in New York City and the surrounding area. Uh, since so my my wife and two kids we live outside of New York um, uh, just in a town about 20 minutes north of the city um, and we also own a vacation house in the Catskills in Woodstock which is um, you know from a culture perspective for the business that I'm in now is is pretty sweet um, and there's lots of cool things happening now that New York is working towards legalization and so um, so yeah we're, we're like we're definitely New Yorkers I don't think like you're typical what you think of like a city New York you know, group because we're, we're pretty into nature and, and, uh, but, uh, but yeah, New York is home for us. Where in uh, Maryland did you go to school? University of in college. That's Park. where I went. What? I, yeah, I went to college park. Terps. Yep. Yeah. Where did you graduate? 2012. Nice. I yeah. graduated in, uh, well, I was a class of 04. Okay. Um, yeah. Very cool. I didn't cool. realize that. Well, well, well yeah, I know. Same. Time. I was like Maryland. Now I gotta, I gotta ask. We'll, we'll have to go down yeah. that rabbit hole another day, but uh, there's a lot of Terps in the industry. Yeah, I know. It's great. That's awesome. And a lot, and a lot of my Terp friends are New Yorkers. So you know, they, they actually have, um, they, they have a master's program, I believe now. Um, they do. Or some type of program. Yeah. And cannabis. So I, I was pretty pumped to see the alma mater getting involved. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a sign of the times that, um, seeing it at higher ed institutions and start to take a, a hold yeah. as far as um, entering the mainstream. I mean, that's definitely yeah. one of the, the signals. So, well, that's exciting. I'm glad to hear that. Um, cool. Okay, well, Rick, tell us a little bit about, let's start with some advice you would share with cannabis marketers. As a startup guy in a startup industry, um, I'm sure you're enjoying the space. I'm, I share that personality trait with you where I love the the, the early stages of things. And I think part of what's exciting about the cannabis space is that it's a startup industry. So everyone, even kind of the veterans in cannabis, we're still operating from that startup perspective, you yeah. know, regardless of how long you've been here. So what is some advice you have for cannabis marketers um, and cannabis entrepreneurs, given the stage that Lucid Green is at and some of the things that you've learned that have translated or not to this space? Yeah, sure. I, I would say the, the first thing that pops to mind is know more about your customer than anyone else and be just like ruthless about getting that information um, in, in a value exchange type of way, right? Thinking about it in terms of what can I provide to the consumer for them to share me more information so that I create this, this nice cycle of getting information that tells me what my customers want, how they're 
behaviors are changing, how their um, their desires are changing over time, and allow that to be a very strong signal and input into the products we make and how we market them. And so, you know, obviously data is a, a word that's thrown around quite a bit, but it really is it really boils down to finding out information about your customers. That is the easiest way to think about data, right? Because data can be a little scary. So I, I would say that's that's the first thing that comes to mind is that, you know, what's table stakes in other industries about the types of information you have to know about your consumers. I think we've seen more, more so than any of us would have, would have liked in the cannabis space, brands that are, doing a partnership with a, a cultivator, wrapping a logo around product and targeting an age range, right? Like that's not, that's not really, you know, how to approach this type of, this type of product, especially because there are so many different types of consumer profiles, use cases for the plant and the dynamic nature of how the plant actually reacts with consumers. There's just so much open space to find pockets of opportunity. And so I would say that if you're a cannabis marketer and um, soliciting information directly from your consumers is not like a cornerstone of your marketing program, um, it really should be, and you should start thinking about it immediately. And it's and thinking about it in terms of getting more information from your customers is also like a less scary way to think about, oh, I got to build a, a whole data thing. No, no, no. Like start small. What is one way that you can connect with your customers that you can collect feedback on the product, on the experience, how easy it was to purchase? Um, do you like the merch we're putting out? You know, wh whatever that signal is, start small, start getting some signal and, and you'll probably end up finding your way to the next, you know, step two, step three. And do you have advice on the, sort of the practicality of how to do that. And I'll, I'll say this in um, with some background. So the way we do it at CMA is I'm all about buyer personas. I love buyer personas. I like that exercise of going through, you know, we actually have a deck internally of these are our buyer personas. Um, it allows you to fill in these, these blanks, you know, what, what are they saying? What are their identifiers? What makes them unique? How can your pro product solve um, the problems that they have in their business. And we update them over time. And we actually just this week updated our, our buyer persona deck um, based on assumptions we had made in 2020. And we had did that, you know, that was another iteration. Um, so there's sort of the like visualizing it, getting it and codifying it internally so that your team knows and has some shared language. But then there's also the step of like getting that into your CRM or your database so you can take action from it and say, hey, okay, this customer, you know, should get this piece of marketing information. And so we're going to segment them this way. Do you have, you know, thoughts or advice on kind of the, the best way to collect and make that data usable within teams so that, um, yeah, so that you can really just make the most of it? Like any, any advice on sort of that technical implementation and even the, I don't want to say ranking of value, but like what, what is important and how do you collect that? If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'm a very big proponent and, you know, obviously take this with a grain of salt because I work at a, a cannabis tech uh, company, but, you know, I, I think cannabis brands and uh, cannabis brands need to focus on making the best products. Cannabis retailers need to focus on the buyer journey. Um, I think in terms of building a database, building go-to providers that do this all day, 
right? Like I, I've definitely come across brands who are like, yeah, well, we kind of made this, you know, cobbled together this system with these three tools and whatnot. And if it works, great. But if you're struggling with it, um, there's lots of folks in the space that are, are looking to help cannabis brands manage their data, right? Whether it's a traditional CDP, a, 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 a database platform that you can use, which might be a little too complicated for most, or having it bundled with other services like we do at Lucid Green, where if you're working on the consumer marketing platform, your consumer database is built into that. And that, that data, it's yours, right? Make sure you're working with someone who, if you're working with a provider and you're soliciting it and you're collecting it, um, depending on, you know, in terms of ownership, that's, that's definitely, that definitely can get complicated just in terms of the actual user owns their own submissions. However, as long as you're doing, collecting this information in a compliant way that you can use it however you'd like to, um, you know, I, I would say go with a third party to try and help you make the most of the data that you're collecting so that you can organize it and present it um, for inclusion in internal materials such as decks, um, external materials that you're going out to so that you can kind of, um, you know, uh, use this in sales materials at retail, you can use this at sales material, um, you know, for your case at, you know, events and, 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 um, and conventions. Um, but yeah, I would say that, you know, don't, don't try and invent these types of systems yourself. I would, you know, I think the best advice is to either bring on someone who can do this full-time internally. Um, and it's not just collecting data, right? Like I think there's a, you know, a data leader that can, that can, you know, be bundled under marketing or operations, depending on what type of, of cannabis operator you are. Um, but yeah, solicit the expertise, don't cobble this thing together. It's, it's too important. Um, so that's kind of my, the answer to the second question about a, like super important to have the process in place. And I think it's, I think it's great that you guys have a, that you have a internal process where you're reviewing these buyer personas, um, different, you know, customer segments, um, you know, in, in, in for cannabis brands. Um, and the, the point that you made about updating them over time is one that gets lost all too often, right? Like we did this brand exercise two years ago. Um, this is our target customer. I can almost guarantee you that that customer um, is not the same. It's been two years. So needs have changed, um, especially in cannabis. Market conditions have changed. Um, price can become a, a, a pretty important buying signal when prices drop, right? And, and then as that evaporates, other things become important. And so, um, you know, that, that data stream of, you know, collecting the data uh, on an ongoing uh, basis and letting it inform uh, updates to your strategy, I think is, is of, 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 you know, paramount importance. Definitely. And it was funny when we did it, we thought, oh, these are going to be totally outdated. You know, we're basically going to have to scrap them and start over. And we didn't. And we actually had, we had done better than we thought as far as like, oh, these assumptions, they, they, they need to be updated, but there was a lot of uh, meat to them as far as being true in present time with our present customers, but needing to adjust it and tweak it. So it, you still needed to collect data to validate that. Right. Yes. We'll need data to validate that we're still on the right path. And that mm -hmm. can be even more valuable than finding out that you have to change path. Right. So. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, it's great to hear that you're doing that. Yeah, definitely. And just find the nuances where, OK, maybe we had grouped these customers as one group before. But looking at it closely, we can divide this in two in a way that makes more logical sense for the business. 
Um, one thing I want to talk about that you said that I've actually never heard anyone say before, but it, I'm, I'm still sitting with it, that brands need to focus on their product and retailers need to focus on the customer journey, which is interesting and makes a lot of sense. And I often hear, you know, speaking with brands and retailers where brands are trying to also focus on the customer journey, help the retailers and help build that relationship in order to, to bring folks in the door because, you know, so much in this space, as far as license holders, you're doing B2B and B2C marketing, where yeah. you need to build those relationships with the brand or retailer, depending on who you are, and the customer to make sure you're bringing folks in the door, and that when they come in the door, that they're buying and asking for your product, which is, you know, a win-win. Um, but it does come down to the product at the end of the day, and also, you know, what the bud tender is recommending. So can you speak yeah. a little bit, and I know Lucid Green touches this too, the difference in the cannabis industry as far as um, B2B data collection and B2C data collection on your customers and how to kind of navigate and explore that as far as your marketing strategy, um, because they are different, but they're they're definitely related depending on your business. And I'm just, we'll just stick to talking to brands and retailers here. What is the difference in um let's just unpack that a little bit as far as collecting that information and how it is important to your marketing or yeah. just unpack for me what you said about brands focusing on product and retailers on the, the customer, the buyer's journey. Cause that, I mean, there's a lot there. Yeah. And I mean, look, I think that, you know, that statement was meant to be brief and, and overly simplistic. You know, totally. there's definitely a role for brands to play in the customer journey, especially those brands who are focused on direct to consumer offerings. Right. I mean, obviously that the, there's a there's a need there to, to focus on the on the, the shopper journey. But but in terms of if you were to put one thing at the top of the Christmas tree, right, for what, like what they do, um, the star at the top of the Christmas tree for for producers, for manufacturers, for brands is the product that they're putting on the on the on the shelves and the message that they're communicating to their customers. Right. And so um, retailers, they they do one thing for the most part. Right. And they sell product. Now, there's obviously, uh, you know, at the corporate level, there are companies that are doing both. But from a, if you're looking at the retailer from a data collection perspective, they need to be very focused on the shopper journey, whereas a brand has to be focused on post-purchase intelligence that can feed back to product development and, you know, obviously help in, in the, the, with the retail partnership for customer journey. But to, to get to your question about kind of how, and I, I think what you're asking, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is kind of how does collecting B2C information differ from B2B and, and what value those bring? Yeah, in, internally, like how do you kind of prioritize it? How do you um, wrap your head around it internally? And and where, I want to say where's the most value because they're different as, as far as what they do. But oftentimes you do have to do both and manage both. Sure. And uh, look, Lucid Green definitely appreciates this. We operate both a B2B business and we provide software for consumers to connect with brands. And so we, we do... Um, you know, have to collect both types of data. Um, we're a little unique in that we're the platform on the consumer side and, and well, we're the platform on both sides, but specifically on the consumer side, um, we're really, you know, we're light on branding, we're light on consumer messaging because it's really all about brands connecting with their consumers. Um, but, um, you know, we act as consumer marketing specialists for, for our brands. And so I can tell you, 
Um, you know, the tactics for collecting data, you know, directly from your customers can take a variety of different forms. Number one, um, if you have your own owned and operated properties, you're collecting first party data, right? First party data being data that, you know, you are um, uh, recording that that refers to the user activities on your owned and operated properties. And there's a lot to unpack there, depending on what platforms you're using. So that's one really easy kind of set. I don't want to say set and forget, but like set and it take care, takes care of itself. It doesn't really, you know, like once you set up your analytics, once you set up your social channels, your website, things like this, that you, you know, have a system to collect that data. So you have a stream of data coming to you. Um, Having a way to communicate directly with customers who are purchasing your product. So like short plug for, for Lucid ID, we integrate right in at the package level so that can actually communicate with a customer if they, um, if they uh, uh, scan the QR code. Um, another great thing about having this type of, of uh, integration in, on your packaging is this is your consumer education platform right here. Customer can scan and they're now presented with a very rich um, consumer experience about your product, which I think education is one of the best value exchanges for collecting information from consumers, right? I'm going to provide you all of this really rich information about the product that you're holding, get you confident about your cannabis experience and in exchange. Tell me how it went. What what feelings did you have? How quickly did the onset happen? Was it easy to find my products, right? Having that conversation directly is kind of that next level zero party data, which is a big buzzword today, um, in, in that you're now soliciting a response directly from your customer um, in exchange for some type of value. So I think th those are those are those two areas I think are the, are the places to focus for most cannabis brands and retailers for that matter is being able to you know collect the data for uh for the activities that are happening on the on the on the uh, marketing channels that you operate and the sales channels that you operate so that data stream is coming in but then pair that with real life um you know information that you're collecting from your consumers directly um on the on the B2B marketing side, um, you know, obviously a bit different. Um, we tend to, you know, focus um, you know, on on one or two social channels for for obvious reasons that we all know. Um, and we struggle with at all times for those who are <laughs> for anyone who's listening who's not, who's just kind of first in cannabis, social social media channels are are uh, quite the quite the bear for uh, for cannabis brands and retailers alike, and even cannabis associations. I'm sure um, we've actually run into problems, and we technically don't touch the plant, so um, you know it's it's rough out there. But um, but I think look like there's areas like LinkedIn where there there seems to be a you know a, a very very strong community in the cannabis space. Um, you know this this uh, this industry is almost over-conferenced on some level, um, but there, but there's a, a few, uh, you know, key kind of national conferences that I think it's important to be at to collect real-world information and feedback. Um, you know, I think a lot of companies go to events and just feel like it's about being there and it's about, you know, the socializing and, and forming relationships. That is an incredible opportunity to collect information. And we at Lucid Green, we kind of have built an internal system using Notion and a couple of other, you know, internal documents where, you know, if you're, if you're running at a meeting and you find out a really interesting tidbit, it goes into a specific area in our, in our, um, 
and our internal tools so that we can kind of collect that feedback real time. Um, and so on the B2B side, you got to be a little bit more creative. There's not a lot of kind of set and forget type of things in terms of data collection. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, getting out, um, you know, speaking directly to your customers, even in a conference setting, um, if necessary. Um, but I mean, we're just like, like we were saying, like we were talking about Lisa before we, we hopped on, I, I, you know, we're having a blast right now, just meeting with our customers on an ongoing basis. Um, you know, the, the agendas are light intentionally. Um, you know, we have a lot of conversations about the industry. We have a lot of conversations about, you know, the details of, of everyday operations um, and data reveals itself in those conversations. And so I urge, you know, people on the B2B side, if you're not spending, you know, a decent percentage of your time interfacing with the customers who are using your products, you're probably falling behind. Yeah, I would say I, that's fair. And I think um, relationships, that personal relationship to some degree is uh, more important on the B2B side because you are speaking to a, a, a more, I don't want to say sophisticated like buyer persona, but there's a little more at stake there because it, it is a B2B relationship and and we are talking about two businesses. So it, it really Absolutely. does Absolutely. I mean, look, look. I, I think you're actually spot on on that because, uh, you know, if you think about, you know, forming business relationships, most of these relationships are not as fleeting as a purchase, right? And and most business relationships, I'm not going to make a decision to join a can of, a, another cannabis association for marketing every day. It's going to happen once or twice a year for me, right? Where we take a look at who we want to, um, which which um, associations and communities we're getting the most out of, right? And we're going to make a decision. Whereas, you know, with consumers, you know, a lot of cons cannabis consumers are making decisions every single week, right? And so the opportunity to affect that decision um, and that cycle is, so I think you're right. On the, on the B2B side, um, you know, relationship building is, is, is definitely of the highest importance. And do you have any uh, lessons from your Warner Brother days and your video media days that have been instrumental in the marketing that you do now? Yeah, you know what? Um, I, I would say one of the things that I learned um, in, in my in my previous life in my career is is just don't bet the farm on one platform or one marketing channel. Um, we saw a lot of folks in the media space do that as. So, so I'm, I'm in the YouTube media space, like in 2006, 2007, and like video is going from a marketing cost in music, right? Music videos, right? To, to sell more music to uh, an asset that you can stream on YouTube and make money off of. It was just like, like really big shift. And we just watched all of these um, content creators, right? Um, basically one, one year they were betting out everything on YouTube. The next year it was all, it was going to be all about Facebook. And it was like, you just watch this, like jumping from platform to platform. Um, you got to diversify. You got to have your email list. You got to have the website. You got to have a bunch of different channels so that when one of them changes or in the cases of cannabis and why it's relevant, when one of them goes down, when it goes, because it's been blocked, um, you're not, you're not blocked off from communicating with your customers. Right. And, and, I personally think that if you get the cadence right, most consumers today actually appreciate getting communicated and educated in different ways, you know, over a six to 12 month period, right? And so I, I think that that's one of the big lessons that has, has 
has translated like we were preaching this constantly in the media space like you know diversify like have more marketing channels in the video space where your your content is living and you know not not a million but have more than one that is core to your strategy um and i think how that's translated over to cannabis brands is sometimes we'll meet with a cannabis cannabis brand and you know what are you spending marketing on and we're doing everything is retail co-branding with you know our co, you know um uh, co-marketing with our retailers that's like all we spend money on um and, and look, like I get how, you know, with current marketing conditions, it can be very easy to make the easy decision, um, but you're not setting yourself up for when that retailer changes policies or you fall out of favor at that retailer. Now, now what is your, you got to kind of rethink on the fly over and over and over again. Whereas if you're setting this up where I have channels like email and my website and other places where I'm, I have a direct communication with my customers, right? That's a lot of the reason why brands approach Lucid Green for the Lucid Connect consumer marketing platform um, is for them to, to be able, oh, this is another thing for me to turn on where I'm communicating directly with my customers. Um, and it just, again, like social goes down, they know that they have other channels to communicate to their partners. So diversify, get a nice group of partners that can work with you, that work, work friendly together. Um, Tech platforms are meant to integrate. That's why APIs exist. Um, and so, you know, make sure that you've got a, a group of partners that are, are setting you up for success. That's fair. And uh, one thing we've also learned from marketing at the on the CMA side is not only do you want to diversify for, you know, basic survival purposes, but people also consume information differently. Some right. people are video aficionados and that's how they learn. That's what they love. Other people prefer to read and they like articles and they like lists. So having different forms of content on different channels can reach different people who, it might not be that they're not aware that you're on YouTube, but that's just not how they like to consume information. So you're you're also kind of meeting their learning styles as, as you were talking about education and how important it is in cannabis. That is, uh, couldn't be more true. Um, so having- yeah, you actually, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you actually brought up something that that I think is relevant here, which is if you're, if you're, if you're taking the mindset that you just described, it sets you up to be able to test different things, test, test, test different things, right? I, I don't see enough of that in cannabis. I, we, that's like all we did with our partners back at, you know, when I was in media and video, it's like, hey, let's try this. Oh, this part worked, but this didn't. Let's do it again. Let's keep doing, you know? So I'm constantly talking to brands when they say, yeah, have you tried X, Y, Z? Yeah, we tried that once. It didn't work. We, we don't do that anymore. It's like, well, let's talk a little bit about that. Why didn't it work? Right. And so I think that there has been a lot of, and, and I, I feel for, for cannabis brands on this, on this point, right. It's like you get burned on a marketing spend. It, it stings. Um, but if you can kind of change your mindset a bit in that every new thing, every new tactic that you try in your marketing strategy, it's a test, right? It's we're testing this thing. If it didn't work, we need to figure out why it doesn't um, and tweak it or, you know, try and get creative on, on different ways to approach it. So I, you just made me think of that because I think that that's a smart, smart way to approach. Cause if you're trying something, you may hit on something that's really working on email that can, that can benefit your business in ways that you didn't really know. So just keep, keep trying, keep testing. No, I, yeah, that's, I love that. That's totally the iterative startup uh, mind of just constantly yeah. creating and busting assumptions and just 
rinse and repeat um, until your business is working. But um, the other thing I wanted to mention is the, um, I really love and am, am a fan of HubSpot talks about this. Um, Gary V talks about this, but this like content model where you have sort of pillar content or pillar um, information or talking about it, but you can disseminate it into different forms. So if you are creating a webinar, you that's an hour long, you can make a one minute video clip, you can make a blog post from it, you can make four or five social media posts that are optimized for different platforms. So you're putting in one effort for creating this one piece of content, but it can be kind of sliced and diced and disseminated in different platforms. So you can test, you know, video, you can test short form, you can test long form, you can test written from one piece of content. So you're making those tests kind of go further, faster, but keeping that constant the same of, okay, this, this piece of content is talking about, you know, whatever it is that, that topic. Um, so there is ways to, to use this startup mindset and use this concept of, how do I make what I have go as far as possible and learn as much as possible simply by sort of changing your formats and how content is presented? I think all of what you just said also applies to data collection, right? You're, you're taking in data and that one piece of data that you're taking in, if you pair that with other data, right? So if you take, for example, um, if you take consumer scan data and you take time of day data, right, and you pull these things together, you can start to see, okay, there's certain types of day that consumers seem to be in the mindset of scanning product and finding out more about product. So that's going to inform when I send out my emails, when I send out push notifications to people uh, in my loyalty program, because I know these are the types of days that it seems like people are either at the dispensary, they're getting home with their product and checking out the packaging. Um, but, you know, I, I think that that mindset of collecting or, or in the case of content creating once, right, but then being able to, or I, I guess the better way is generating once, right? Generating content once, but then slicing and dicing it into different way, you know, different um, pieces of content or different linkages of, of data, you start to really get, you know, multiples on the value of your effort. So I think it's a really smart way to, to think about content. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, from the the data perspective, it may I mean it makes sense. And I I meant to ask you. So when you scan that package you held held up and you have your QR code, what happens? Like what what do they see? What comes up? What's next? Yeah, it's great. So um, brands have the ability to to basically present a um, mobile optimized product brochure. So everything from product imagery to um, description of the product, the full source to uh, source the shelf uh, story. Um, uh, dosages, you know, likely effects. Um, we curate a set of product reviews so that folks can see what they're getting into. Um, and then, and then, and then finally, most importantly, and where I think we, we believe as a company, there's so much opportunity is we're actually integrated with over 400, um, testing labs. So we actually have the C the certificate of analysis, um, uh, data. So the product testing data, in a user readable format. Um, if the users want to, they can click through and see the actual official COA data, but that builds trust with the customer, right? So like that, that area of the experience um, autom automates um, being able to communicate trust to your customer. Here's the testing 
data. Like, like this is a legit product. We follow the rules. This is above board. Here are the types of cannabinoids, how much THC is in it, um, getting into terpene profiling, which we're very excited about. I don't think the consumers are there just yet, but I think we we see a future of, of true effects-based products that are based off of specific terpene profiles. Um, so you just have this, this opportunity as a brand to close the knowledge gap with your customers about your product, which is, you know, again, just to bring this full circle, I think that's the, the tip of the spear for data collection and, and, and value exchange is let me give you more information, give you, you know, a, a bit more confidence about our product and our brand. And in exchange, we'd love to hear about your experience or, or what your intentions are or um, what your preferences are, right? Um, and so, I, you know, I think that that is, um, you know, the, the most one of the most exciting parts of the of the Lucid Green platform is all of the work that we do on the supply chain side of our business fuels this very rich consumer experience. And so when you sign on with Lucid ID for your packages, um, you're really signing on for both operational efficiencies and solving the consumer marketing uh, conundrum uh, all in one fell swoop. And it's really powerful. Consumer scans the the code; they get you know they they're getting direct communication from you. Um, and it, and it, like I said, it just it, it builds trust, being a transparent uh, brand, and and kind of shouting it from the mountaintops. It really it matters for consumers, especially at this point in the industry. Yeah, definitely. So, so it's a trust signal because they know they're going to see the um, testing results and it's almost extended packaging space in the sense where you can Absolutely. put all the information in that won't fit on the box. Yeah. And like really immersive experiences and brands can, um, you know, I know brands are, are starting to, and I saw you, you did a podcast on this recently, um, you know, getting into the NFT space. There's, there's, you know, basically there's, there's the ability to deliver what whatever type of experience you want in terms of um, you know you can obviously link off to other places that you're 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 building community. Um, you can ask them to join your email. There's all types of ways to communicate, um, and it's really like we're we're actually um, you know the the consumer application is uh, is the Lucid ID app. Uh, it's available in the Apple uh, and, and Google Play Store, and, and really it's 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 a brand space to connect with with customers. And so um, you don't have to have the app to to scan this product uh, and get the consumer information. That's all built in. Um, but if you want to connect further with a brand, you have the opportunity to join their loyalty program, get value from them, share information back and really and really form a strong relationship. And you were saying from the the brand side, they they get to sort of own that data. So do they get to see, um, you know, when QR codes were scanned and like like tell tell me a bit about that. Do they get to see, hey, yeah. Lisa, the you know thirty two year old female in in Denver just bought your like she scanned this on your edible package. Like what? Sure. Yeah, tell me about that. Yeah. So so look, uh, yes, like we are 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 like borderline annoying with our customers getting you know nudging them to to get to get them to look at the dashboard so we have a dashboard product called lucid insights um lucid insights for brands is what's included as as part of uh, of the platform um what basically happens is we visualize the core health metrics for our customers so things like we look at things like scan rate so um over a 6 month period how many products did you put into market and of those how many were scanned by a customer right 
And to give you an idea, um, on our platform, the platform averages around three and a half to four percent. Um, when you think about other marketing channels, it's actually a pretty good response rate, yeah. right? Um, for those brands who lean in and have a loyalty program and start to message their, their customers, best brand on the platform has an 11% scan rate. It's bonkers, right? So wow. better than one out of every 10 purchases, people are engaging with you and giving you information. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty impressive. Um, we also look at things like engagement rate. How often are the, the, the loyalty members that join your program, how often are they coming back and engaging? How often are they scanning? How often are they claiming points from you, right? Um, another important thing that we give them the, uh, the opportunity to look at is where is all this activity happening? both from a location, time, device. Um, you know, we give them lists of their top users so that they can connect directly with them. Um, you know, some of our, some of our, some of our, the brands on our platform are starting to do really cool stuff around experiences. So if we're going to do like a purpose-led brand, for example, we're going to do a beach cleanup. If you come to the beach cleanup, we'll have couple QR codes there that you can scan. You can get 50 points and join our loyalty program. There's all kinds of different ways that, um, that, uh, that you can start. And this is, you know, to go back to our initial conversation, data collection, this is all data collection, right? Um, but it's, but it's data collection that, that, that fosters a really strong relationship. And so every piece of data that we're collecting, we're turning into some type of visualization for our customers. But I, but I will say like, I'm not really into the whole, like, dashboard set and forget thing like that's the tip of the iceberg so like for 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 us we are we use the dashboards with our customers to ask the initial question but then we provide a tremendous amount of support to our customers in terms of running you know bespoke data queries doing bespoke analysis so so we'll ask a question and pick up on something from the dashboards but the real insights come from the support that we give our customers um, and imagine being a cannabis brand and you have a data analyst on your team. It just so happens it's with a partner, but you have the ability to kind of tap into that knowledge base and say, well, you know, we, we've noticed X, you know, I'll give you an example. So we have a brand that has um, loyalty programs in a few different states. And one of the states, California, is always the top scan just because of the scale, right? The top scanning state. You know, one day last week, uh, Oklahoma came out of nowhere. And was the top scanning brand on, on, on their platform. So what happened there? So we're able to go look at where did the scans happen, what users were scanning. Um, and so we were able to figure out very quickly that new store opened in, in specific uh, area. Um, and this user base, they were, they were, uh, they leaned forward and, they, you know, at the, at the, at the, um, at the in some of the in-store events, the brand ambassadors did a really good job of pointing out the code and whatnot. And so um, it's it's great to be able to you know catch a trend at the dashboard, but then work with the brand to get to the bottom of it because that's where the learnings and the insight takes place. That makes sense. And it it definitely helps, I think, when you have that level of expertise to um dive into it and make sense of it. Cause I think one yeah, of the problems we see with brands and retailers is they do have a lot of data, but they don't know what the actionable yeah. next step is. Absolutely. And I and I would say, look, like um we want to work with other uh, uh, data providers in your stack, right? Because we're, we're one signal, right? We're really focused on post post-purchase um information. Um, but if you're working with, you know, a, 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 a media activation company, you're running campaigns and you're getting data from that, let's work together. Let's figure out a way to work with your other partner so that 
we can figure out if you know a specific message that you that you were were pushing on the paid media side really activated your loyal customers. We should know that, right? And so it's important to again I kind of beat this drum a lot. Um, work with partners that are willing to work together. It's really important. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I think definitely with data, it takes a village to make sense sure. of it. Absolutely. Um, okay, Rick, well, I want to be mindful of the time. So one last question. Um, what would, like, if you had one piece of advice for brands um, in the cannabis space or entrepreneurs, like, what what would it be? Um, right now, next year is going to be tough. Um, I think it's going to be, uh, we're, we're kind of meeting this um, this this point of maturation uh, in the business, which I think is exciting and, and a little scary. Um, but my, my one piece of advice is to, um, you know, don't forget um, the size of the opportunity that we're all working on here in terms of leveling the playing field, you know, an industry that can level the playing field, um, right wrongs, you know, generate a, a tremendous amount of opportunity, jobs, um, and yes, money. Right. Like, like there's lots of opportunity here, um, but don't lose sight of that during tough times. If you're entering the cannabis space right now, come in with with your, um, you know, ready to do battle. I mean, it, it is it is a it is a tough space to operate, but it's uh, it's rewarding. So my, my, my piece of advice is to is to keep your head up out there and uh, and keep solving problems. If you're if you're solving problems, um, you're probably headed in the right direction. If you're stuck, um, you know, find partners that can help you. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's tough out there right now, but, uh, I, I really think that the, the five-year outlook here is, is really, really exciting. Um, and, uh, and, you know, just unfortunately we're, we're in a space right now where it happens to most markets. Um, and it's kind of a, a, a badge of honor to kind of hit these, these, um, these market corrections. Uh, but, you know, if you're staying focused on, on the, on the, on the basics and, uh, just having grit. You know, you're going to get on the other side and, and there's going to be lots of lots of fun to be had on the other side. Yes, very much so. Well, Rick, is there any contact information, website, uh, social handles, anything you want to share for listeners who are either trying to find Lucid Green or you? Yeah, check us out at lucidgreen.io. Um, you can find out all about what we do there and, uh, you know, schedule a demo. I, 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 it's the, the first place you should start with any tech provider is let them show you what 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 they do. And we, and we can't wait to to connect with brands and show them exactly what our tech does. So, um, yeah, go, head on over to uh, lucidgreen.io or lucidgreen.io forward slash demo and, and hit us up and, and we'll get back to you within 24 hours. Awesome. Well, Rick, thank you so much for taking the time to connect with us today. We will link um, on our podcast page, your website, uh, Lucid Green's website and your LinkedIn. Um, but thank you. It was really been a pleasure talking data with you and uh, learning more about you as well. Same. Thanks, Lisa. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Rick. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Party Like a Marketer. Follow us on Instagram at Party Like a Marketer and on our website, thecannabismarketingassociation.com. Check out our website for more details and membership information. We'll see you next time.